Go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6 and then um, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. This is the last week of our teaching series called Family Matters. If you have been tracking with us, you know that we've been bringing attention to particular roles in the family. Uh, I taught on um, the role of a husband and the role of a father. My wife, Melissa, spent two weeks talking about the role of wives and the role of the mothers. And this week we were actually going to do together, we were going to kind of co-teach or team teach. I don't know how you'd say that. We were going to do that when, as it relates to children, but we decided to wait. And uh, we're having a uh, kind of a parent training two, two weeks in a row on Wednesday nights, the 23rd and the 30th. We were going to do the 1st of May, but we decided to go ahead and and get it in within this month. So Wednesday the 23rd, Wednesday the 30th, we're going to spend two weeks just encouraging you with practical things on parenting. Anything, and we'll probably uh, even send out a thing asking if you have any questions and answer things that you're actually asking. Does that make sense? So, um, so tonight, I want to talk about the role of children um, because the role of a child <laughs> within the family is, is really just as significant as the role of of the husband or wives or, or moms and dad. It, where the children are, how they are, how they act, how they don't act, can really make or break the family. In fact, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6, because that's where we're going to be. Um, when you look at Ephesians 5 and 6, where the Apostle Paul addresses family relationships, uh, you know, he doesn't even mention moms. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Not that moms aren't important or that they don't have significant roles, but he doesn't mention it there. Uh, Melissa did do a great job teaching on mothers, though. So go back and listen to the podcast there. Um, but he challenges husbands. He challenges wives. Down in verse 5, he gives one sentence, devotes one sentence to the role of the father. But Paul put, if you look at it, you can see that Paul puts more on paper to children than he does to dads. <laughs> if you look at it, it's like, oh man, he sure does. And it might be because every person will always have parents. Isn't that true? Now you may not know who your parents are. Or maybe your parents have passed away and you don't see them anymore. But, but it is true that every person has parents. And Paul's writing here and he's writing in the context of family relationships, but he's definitely, and he's definitely addressing kids. But Paul, I mean, he's, he's really good about, he's always, he's notorious for telling way more than what we think that he's telling in a verse. You guys know what I mean? He's saying this, but whoa, he's actually saying maybe two or three things at the same time. And this is one of those. He says, children, verse, uh, verse one, chapter six, verse one, Ephesians six, verse one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. So he starts with, children, obey your parents in the Lord. But then of all of the Old Testament verses that he could have referred to right after that, because you know he's, he quotes a uh, an Old Testament verse right here. Did you notice it's all capitalized? How many of your versions, the rest of it's capitalized? He's quoting an Old Testament verse. Of all, there's dozens, maybe more, verses that he could have quoted from. Like, uh, I was thinking about Proverbs 30, verse 17. Anybody know that one? He could have quoted this one to kind of get the attention of kids. He could have said, the eye, he could have written this right after, the eye that mocks a father, that scorns obedience to a mother, 
will be pecked out of the ravens of the valley and be eaten by the vultures. I mean, that would have gotten the attention of kids everywhere for centuries, for generations, right? And they would have obeyed. You wouldn't even have to worry about it. Just remember the vultures, buddy. Remember the vultures. <laughs> but he doesn't. He quotes Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you in the land which the, father, uh, the Lord your God has given you. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 5 is where God has Moses to repeat uh, the, the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel. The first time is in Exodus 20. If you're not familiar with the Ten Commandments, you can go read it in Exodus 20. And then he repeats it again in Deuteronomy 5. And you'll notice that honor your parents, when you look at it and read it, honor your parents is the fifth commandment. And Paul makes a great point here in Ephesians 6. He said, this is the first commandment with a promise. Now, if you know much about the commandments, you know that there are things attached to the second commandment. But that's really more of general declarations about how God is showing mercy for thousands, thousands of generations for those who love and serve him and keep his commandments. But right here, Paul is saying that there is something very specific that you can count on when you honor your parents. And that's that your days may be prolonged and it may go well with you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Now, some of your translations may actually say, and you will live a long and happy life. Tonight, I want to say it like this, and you can write this down. Honor your folks, and you'll find favor with God. Honor your folks, and you'll have favor, find favor with God. Now, folks is just kind of an old way of saying, mom and dad, you know, oh, I got to go see my folks this weekend. You guys know what I'm talking about? Honor your folks, And you will find favor with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to find favor with God. Is there anybody else in here that wants favor from the Lord? And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that favor favor is in a minute. Um, But first, let's look at what it means to honor. I was thinking about this and how there are actually, I think there are three seasons in the life of children, for us as children, three seasons where we have the opportunity to honor our parents. One is as young children. That's one season. The next season would be as young adults. And then the third season would be our ability or opportunity to honor our parents when we are adults. So think about that. Young children honoring their parents. Young adults honoring their parents and then honoring our parents when we are adults. Think about it. When we are young children, the way that we honor mom and dad is by obeying them. (laughs) Isn't that right? By doing what they tell us to do. That's why Paul says, um, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And I love that. He says, for this is right. In other words, it only makes sense that a kid should obey his parents. Isn't that right? And they don't have to understand why and really probably won't understand why until they get a little older. And those of you who have kids know exactly what I'm talking about. I thought about this. When when I'm disciplining my kids, thinking back, you know, all the way from Aiden all the way now to Emma Kate, I can't remember a time where I consciously, consciously thought, I bet she's sitting there deliberating whether or not she should honor me right now 
or he should honor me. That's not, that is the last thing that's on their minds. They don't even know what that means. In fact, I'll be bold enough to say that their hearts are barely even involved in the circumstance. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. You're like, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Now, the older they get, listen to me, the older they get, the more their little hearts develop. And that's why we have to take the time to discipline them in love and not out of anger when they disobey. Like, we don't want, we don't want them to think that we're angry when they disobey, but we do discipline them and we do it in love because that's how they learn to trust what we say. I don't know if you can pick up what I'm laying down, but that's how we trust. They learn to trust what we can say is when we discipline them in love. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how many of us have failed at that. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. When you failed <laughs> to discipline your kids in love. Like, I don't know what I was disciplining them in, but it wasn't love. And we confess that, and we've dealt with it, and we're moving forward, right? Think about the word obey. That word obey just means to heed, and it means to hearken to a command. But it's made up of two words. Now, I want to focus on this for a second. It's made up of two words. One, which means by, and the other one, which means under, or to go by, or to come under. And the second part of the word that the word obey is made up of is the ability to hear. So go by, or come under, plus the ability to hear. So a child needs to be able to go by what he hears, or to come under what he is told. And it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. The boy does. But no, not the girl. She's too sweet. No, 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 no. A child needs to be able to come under whatever it is he or she is told. All a kid needs to know in order to obey is who is in charge and what did they say. Isn't that right? Now, I just want to encourage you parents. I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But again, for a young child, the way that they honor their parent is simply through obeying. And there's not a whole lot of reasoning with that. They're not thinking, oh, I need to honor, I need to honor. They're just learning who's in charge and what did they say. I need to obey what they said. Isn't that good? And for the most part, that's the only reasoning ability a young child has. They're not thinking, hmm, will this decision honor mommy or daddy or will this not? They're not thinking about that. In fact, they may not be thinking at all, you know. I remember when I was a youth pastor, Melissa and I were youth pastors in Lindale. We were having a, uh, a barbecue for the, for the kids one night at the church. In fact, I believe Danny uh, Kirkpatrick was, um, him and Mr. Van Hasselen were cooking burgers for us, I think. And one of my kids came up to the, to the grill and was like, Daddy, is this hot? Yes, sir, it sure is. He was like, no! And then he starts, he starts screaming and yelling. I'm like, whoa, 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 did you not trust me? Did you? Anyway, I'm telling you, sometimes they're not thinking at all. So don't have any expectations that they're honoring you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Their mind is somewhere else half of the time. <laughs> Listen to me, parents. And I want you to hear me really, really close right here, right here. While your children are learning to obey you, they are also learning to honor you. While they are learning to obey you, they are also learning to honor you. In fact, you can write this down. Obedient children tend to become honoring adults. Obedient children tend 
to become honoring adults. That's why you guys need to go back and listen to the father podcast and to the mother podcast and, and to try to be there on those two Wednesday nights just to get some encouragement, but also some instruction. How do we do this thing called parenting? How do I create within my child a child who will grow up and honor God, honor me, but also honor a boss and a wife and a husband? Amen? Now, the older a kid gets, the more they are able to reason. Can I get an amen, parents? <laughs> By the time a child is a preteen, they should have the ability to reason on some level or another. Teenagers, there's a lot of you tonight in this room, a lot of teenagers, preteens, teenagers, and I'm glad. So teenagers, young adults, I just I really want to affirm you right now, okay? Y'all listening to me? I want to affirm that there are things, parents listen to me so you hear this affirmation. I want to affirm that there are things that you do understand. I saw a fist pump over here. Okay, there are. There are th- you guys have come a long way. Right? You're 11 years old, 12, 13 years old now, 17 years old. There's things that you've learned. I would say young adults, even up until you're 20, 21, 22, maybe you're still at home. There's things that you've learned. Give me some credit, right? But I want to confirm, (laughs) parents, you can pay me later, that there are also still many things that you don't understand. And that's what makes your role really difficult. You're not a young child And you're not an adult. You are a young adult. You're somewhere in between. And it's hard. Because you're, you know, your little brothers and sisters who are four or five years old, they get get off scot-free. Not that they can't reason, but for the most part, they just, all they got to do is obey. For you, you have to obey. But you have to honor while you're obeying. So you get the bulk of it. I got to honor, I got to obey and honor. You guys know what I mean when I say that? Mom or dad says to do this, and you're doing it. But you're complaining the whole way. I remember that was a big deal to me. You guys remember when you don't get your way when you were teenagers? You wanted to go out to the movies with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. But mom and dad wouldn't let you because they knew who so-and-so and so-and-so were. You guys know what I'm talking about? And you're like, and so you go back to your room, and you don't go. You get on the phone. Yeah, my mama won't let me go. And you start calling every name that you know how to call without actually saying bad words. You know what I'm saying? You're saying, and you're you're talking bad. So you obeyed, but did you honor? And see, that's what's hard is to obey, but obey with a heart that understands that they may actually understand something that you don't understand. And that can that can be true of all kinds of situations. Teenagers, you have it hard. It's difficult because you have learned a few things. Mom, you don't even know that person. You know what? Sometimes they don't, and it's going to be fine. And you're so mad. You're so angry. And I can give a thousand examples of that. (laughs) It's difficult because as a teenager in that young adult phase of life, you have to obey. Why? Because you're still under the roof. How many of you, when you're not under my roof, you can do what you want to, boy. How many of you heard that? Really, I'm the only one? When you're paying your own bills, when you're buying my own, your own clothes, what, how many of you heard that? Yeah, see, I act like you don't even know. It's tough. 
Because you are under their roof. They don't know everything, but they know a lot of things. You do understand some things. But there are things that you don't understand. There can be blind spots. And your parents sometimes can see those. And so you have to trust them. Parents, do you want them to trust, th- trust you? Parents, do you want them to trust you? The discipline and love when they're younger. You want them to o- not only obey, but to honor you while they're doing it? Discipline them in love while they're younger. Amen? You can go back to week three, I think. We talked about all those kinds of things. The third season is when we're adults. And this one is, is very hard too. When you're adults, honoring your parents, you don't have to obey them anymore, do you? For me to even remotely think of obeying my dad right now <laughs> kind of puts a burr in my saddle, you know what I mean? Or my mom. You know, what if my dad says, son? I can't even think of an example. (laughs) I'd be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I didn't obey you then. Why would I obey you now? No, I'm kidding. That's true. That's true. Hopefully I'll still live a long life. I've been safe since then. (laughs) Does that count? Contract null and void. But isn't it true? You don't have to obey your parents anymore. But you do have to honor them. And I could give all kinds of examples here. You know, um, uh, my, my parents weren't perfect parents when I was teenagers. They're still not perfect parents. There's things that they do or say or, or um, whatever that annoy me, that get on my nerves. Maybe same thing for you. And we have to really guard our tongue. And we have to be careful what we say because most of the honoring or dishonoring happens right here. It's not so much what we do. I mean, it's not like we, no, dad, shut up, boom. You know, we're not going to do that, you know. Well, some families, <laughs> anyway, but there's some crazy families. But for the most part, how we honor or dishonor happens right here. And there's life and there's power in the, uh, in the tongue. Life and death in the power of the tongue. Isn't that right? So a lot of it is what we say or what we don't say in those moments where we have a lot to say. But we restrain. Or if nothing else, we speak only good and only blessing. We'll talk about this in a second. But only good and only blessing. We honor them. We honor them in front of them. We honor them when we're away from them. We speak well of our... We don't have to obey them. Well, but you don't know my dad. My dad is a fill in the blank, blank, blankety blank. That's fine. And you may not ever be able to change that. And you may have a lot of memories of why he is that, the other, and blankety, blankety, blank. But you can still, as a believer, surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God. Melissa talked last week about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It applies. You can still speak well and bless, even when they are not worth blessing. Amen? Now, I thought about this. I wanted to give some helpful hints for honoring your parents because it's kind of hard to conceive some of that. Now, we've talked a little bit about it, but there's three things I'm going to give you really quick. And the first one, you can write these down. 
Um, and teenagers, I want you to hear me especially, but this is true for us adults too, you know? So the first one is a way that you can begin learning how to honor is just listen closely. <laughs> and I'm really talking to teenagers right here, but all of us. Listen closely. Listen to what they actually said. <laughs> oh, you said that. No, sweetie, I didn't say that. That's not what I said. Oh, yes, you did. And you said. It's like, no. Sometimes when we hear, I can remember this growing up. Looking back, I'm like, man, that's not what they meant at all. Being a youth pastor for a lot of years helped me to get perspective on sometimes the way things are perceived and heard. And this isn't just true of teenagers, is it? (laughs) We all have our filters that we hear from. Usually it's the filter called preference. (laughs) I'm hearing what I prefer to hear. But listen to me carefully. What we hear will dictate what we do and how we respond. If you hear something that is just, uh, hear them say something and you're filtering it through your own desires, your own wants, your own thing, then, then it's going to be completely blown out of proportion. And you're going to get this beef with your parents I, and you're mad because there's this, you didn't understand them. Well, really, the truth is, is you may not have taken the time to hear what they were saying. It still may be true that what they were saying was crazy and ridiculous. But you know what? Most of our parents, teenagers, most of your parents want what's best for you. They want to protect you. They want to see you do right and be right. They want to see you move forward with the Lord. And so they're doing their best that they can to tell you what's right. And so listen to what they're really saying. Because what they're really saying may be very beneficial to you. Listen closely. There's several scriptures that talk about this. Proverbs 19, 20. Listen, and this is for adults too, but I'm talking to all of us. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Interesting how closely that is to what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 6. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. What is right in our own eyes is, is how a lot of us filter things. You know? Well, this is what they said. No, that's not what they said. Or this is the way I perceived it. That's because that's the way you wanted to perceive it. Whether it's from an insecurity or fear or a past hang-up, that's the way you received it. But you didn't listen closely. If you would have listened closely and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you would have heard whatever. And it could have killed a lot of uh, <laughs> controversy. Proverbs eighteen thirteen. If If one gives an answer before he hears, <clears throat> it is his folly and shame. Now that's a very common occurrence for young people, young adults. Giving an answer before he hears or doing things or going in a direction before he actually hears. Well, for the sake of time, we'll go ahead and move on. Then, so listen closely. The next thing is judge fairly. And, and this kind of flows really close together, but not up against what you think is right, but what is actually right. Judge fairly. Listen to what your parents are saying. But if you, when you listen closely, you will find that what they are saying is actually right. And you are clearly wrong. This could be true of, for adults too. But remember, we're talking to children and, and most of us are adults. Judge rightly. 
Uh, Proverbs 21, 2 says, A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs their heart. I want, you to, I want to say that again. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs their heart. In other words, and we'll, we'll apply it here, teenagers listening to their parents, young adults listening to their parents. What did I say again? Sorry, my mind went somewhere else. A person may think their own ways are right, oh, but the Lord weighs the heart. You may think that your ways are right, but really what your ways are are coming from a motivation that is completely, a lot of times, very self-centered. And not all the time, because we got good kids here at Soma Church. But I can remember being a teenager. I can remember counseling teenagers and their parents when I was youth pastor. Melissa and I were youth pastors. Countless times, countless times. That really where the kid was at and their perception and where the parents were at and their perception were completely different, completely not lining up. And the kid was judging really the motive of the parent. You, you just don't want me to. But if we could really get to the root of it, your motive isn't one of honor. It's one of you just want to do, you really just want to honor your own desires or whatever it is you want. And it's so... Again, it's so close to listen closely, but judge fairly. For in the way you judge, we know this when Jesus said, in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measurement, it will be measured to you. And I'll, before I move to the next one, let me just say, the way you judge your parents <laughs> is the way you will be judged when you become a parent. How many of you are like, oh. Man, every now and then I'm like, the way that you judge your parents when you're young and a teenager more than likely will be a way, the ways that you will be judged when you become a parent. We can knock all that out of the way just by learning to obey when we're kids as teenagers, obeying and honoring and having pure motives, pure hearts so that when we become parents, it will go well with us in the land the Lord has given us. Amen? That last one is just show mercy. Listen closely, judge fairly, and then the last one is show mercy. You know, Jesus said, be merciful just as your father is merciful. That's, that would be the first thought around that. When your parents do something, and, it, and sometimes we are wrong as parents. Sometimes, uh, let me say it this way, us adults in here are still remembering things that our parents were or did that were just awful. And so whether you're a teenager experiencing it now maybe or when you're as an adult remembering what you experienced when you were a teenager, think about this. You be merciful. Show mercy. Our parents are not perfect. Think about how hard of a time it is sometimes for you being a parent. Think about that, parents. How hard it is sometimes for you being a parent. It's like, I don't even know what to do. And I did that. And it's not what I meant. It just came out. Remember that? And so we can remember our parents. And kids, you don't know because you're not a parent yet, but I'm telling you right now. Your parents realize that there are times when they messed up. What is, your, what is a way that you can honor them? By showing them mercy. Now that's, that's a, that can only come from godly character. That can only come from uh, a gentle spirit 
a person filled with the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness towards mom and dad and mercy towards mom and dad. And the way that we're able to do this and going all the way back to the first thing that Paul said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. In other words, your first priority is to have a right relationship with God. If you're sitting here today thinking, yeah, yeah, I need to really start honoring my parents better. It's impossible without God in your life. It's just not possible. Amen? Amen. So we were first shown mercy, right? Teenagers, how many of you have experienced the mercy God's given you? (laughs) Show that same mercy to your parents. That's one of the ways you can honor them. Listen to them. Judge them fairly. Give them a break. And then whenever they do mess up, show mercy. And then, of course, we know uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive you your transgression. Same thing applies to the judging thing. If you cannot walk in forgiveness, listen to me carefully. If you cannot walk in forgiveness now, teenagers, with your parents... Whatever they've said, whatever they've done. If you can't walk in forgiveness now, when you become a parent, it will not go so well with you. It will be a hard time. You, will, you, will, um, you might experience a lack of forgiveness from your kids. You hear what I'm saying? Now, I'm not making that up. This is clearly what Scripture says in t- a lot of different ways. Honor your mother and father so that it will go well with you. Um, I told you that I would look at what does the favor of God look like. Real quick, turn to Proverbs 3. You should already be there. And I just want to read Proverbs 3. And you can read it as well. And I'm going to read it kind of quickly. All the way through verse 26. Please, please listen. If you don't have your Bible, just listen. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of your days... And years of life (laughs) and peace they will add to you. Did you hear that? Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. So that you will find what? Favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshing to your bones. In other words, it will go well with you. You see this? Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his uh, reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. That helps us as children uh, of an earthly father and mother. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. Do you see it again? Long life is in the right hand of wisdom. In her left hand are riches and honor. So it'll go well with you and you will have prolonged days. 
It's, it's all over the place. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all those who hold her fast. Talking about wisdom. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they may be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. It's another way of saying it will go well with you. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will, not be, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. What does God's favor look like? Proverbs 3. And you can read it over and over and over. And I'd be interested to see what other versions say. This is the NASB. But that's what God's favor looks like. Amen? And that's what I wanted to say to children. Of course the young ones aren't here. Young adults are here. But even the adults. Moving forward wherever you're at. Step into honoring your parents. Why? Because it'll go well with you. You will find favor when you honor your folks. Amen? Now, this is the last week of this series. And uh, I was talking with Carrie Barrera. Carrie, if you want to come on up. And uh, she just one day started writing a little bit of her testimony. I thought it'd be a great way to end this teaching series. Would that be okay? Just a testimony from her life and some things that will encourage you, I promise. So Carrie, if you would share this. Are you reading it from your phone? Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Okay. I sat in my living room alone in June of 2010 reflecting on the broken life that I had created for myself. The realization of what my choices had done to my children and those that I loved was staring me in the face like never before. In less than 15 years, I had changed my name four times, over three marriages, and I had a fourth ring on my finger from a horrible man. I had three children with two different men and not one of them living with me. I'd been to family court at least 20 times and spent over $100,000 on legal fees between 2001 and 2008. I looked at my adult life and could see nothing but a, just a uh, wake of chaos trailing behind me. I looked ahead at my future and I saw emptiness for myself and a mess for my kids as they sorted out the damaging effects of my behavior and my example. I have a heritage of godly men and women. I grew up in a two-parent home with faithful parents. I had a childhood that most people dream about with nothing but exceptional examples of godly relationships. There was no excuse for the destructive path that led me to this ultimate pit. But then God stepped in. I fell to my knees. And I cried out to him with all that I had left. I immediately repented and I traded in those lives for the truth. I sat down with my kids, and I apologized for the choices I'd made that caused them pain. I explained to them that my example of men and women and how they interact had been sinful, and I committed to showing them what God intended relationships to look like. I assured them that no other man would come in and out of our lives or home. 
I vowed that if there was a man who I believed God intended for our family, there would be prayerful consideration before any decisions would be made. And I have to stop because my kids are in here and <laughs> this is just to lighten the mood a little. I told Parker, um, I said, you know, I, not God, it's up to God now. I'm not doing this myself anymore. And, he, and um, I said, you know, he, he said, yeah, that didn't work out too, for you too good, did it, Mom? <laughs> so they knew. Um, for the remainder of the summer, I went on a honeymoon with God. I laid everything at his feet, and I allowed him to be my husband. I spent the summer reading the word and prayed very specific prayers regarding relationships. I made a detailed list of the characteristics that I would desire in a husband, but I also became peaceful with the single life in Christ. I wasn't without moments of doubt, and I certainly stumbled as I grabbed things back under my control here and there, but it was just me and my father, and those things quickly resolved. I learned how much he loves me, and I saw how he cared for the little things in my life as he handled the big things without allowing them to burden, to burden me. It was the first time since middle school that I was not either in an earthly relationship or transitioning from one to the next, and it was beautiful. Then it happened. God's grace showed up with skin on. (laughs) Tony Barrera came into my life. A man who seemed to be created from my list. (laughs) This Spanish-speaking Romeo. My gift from my father. In the eyes of the world, I was beyond unworthy of his love. He had never been married and had no children. And yet... He loved everyone else's and knew how to interact with all ages. He had a good job and job history. He was honest, loving, compassionate, giving, and had a heart for the broken and hurting. But most importantly, he was God-fearing, and he loved me, the woman with the past. He was persecuted by many for choosing me to marry, but he loved me anyway. He had people come to him and tell him stories just to make sure he knew, (laughs) and he just loved me anyway. He was and still is a daily demonstration of God's redeeming love for me. He loves me as Christ loved the church. He never ceases to amaze me as he rolls with all the punches involved with being a part of my crazy life. He is my peace and my encourager and my protector, my absolute blessing. It's hard for some of you to sit through a series about family. It's hard to hear how godly husbands, about godly husbands when you've wasted years in the darkness of promiscuity and destructive relationships. It's hard to hear about godly wives when you've been anything but godly, though maybe many times a wife. Hard to hear about godly parenting when you have made countless careless decisions which have broken the hearts of your own children and placed mountainous hurdles before them. The enemy roars like a lion, spewing lies in your face. You are a disgrace. You will never enjoy these fruits. You had your chance. People like you never received full redemption. Agony, heartache, guilt, shame, and hopelessness. But I offer my testimony as hope for those who experience that parade of lies. There is hope in him. Your testimony won't look just like mine, and it will be yours, and it will serve as another example of ashes to crowns. I encourage all of you to shout back, at the lies, 
and lay all of it at the feet of Jesus. You are not a disgrace. You are a daughter. You are a testimony in the making. He will turn the misery into ministry if you release your will and cling to his. God redeemed my family, and he's waiting to redeem yours. Don't walk out of here tonight without seeking prayer. I'll be praying for all of those in our body who are struggling, but you will find the courage to face it hand in hand with Jesus and begin the journey that will be your story. Amen. Isn't that good? Let's stand. You know, as she was talking, I thought, we did it. We, we covered the five major roles within the family. And nobody's been left untouched. Husbands? Say, yeah. <laughs> Wives? Yeah. <laughs> Wives? Fathers, and <laughs> thank you. I'm really going to miss you guys. And mothers, and even children. The only thing we didn't cover are crazy uncles. We may try to catch that in another series somehow or another. And it, just as Carrie said, I would believe, I would imagine that that all of us in our roles, and some of us children, you don't have multiple roles yet, but most of us adults do, and we have experienced lots of failures as husbands, as wives, as moms and dads, and as children. And, uh, you know, she, I think she started off by talking about mercy, which I was talking about tonight, and um, grace and mercy has to reign and rule in our families. Amen? My wife has to show a lot of grace and mercy to me now and as she remembers things that I've been and said and done in the past and vice versa and kids. I want to encourage you guys as we end tonight that if any of you are struggling in any shape, form, or fashion with letting go of the past, your own past, or the past of someone else in your family. Maybe one of those five roles that you're experiencing now in your own family or that you experienced growing up. You've got to let mercy reign. Because God himself rules and reigns this universe from a throne of mercy. He's seated upon mercy. The mercy seat of God in the holy of holies. And scripture says that his grace Abounds, and In other words, there's always enough. But are you depending in it? Are you resting in it? Amen? Can we just lift a hand to the Lord? And if you're visiting, you don't have to do that. But if you're a part of Soma Church right now, and you know you are, I just want you to put a hand up to the Lord. And this is just, we're just going to make a commitment in our heart to Him. Not that we're going to be perfect in it. But we've never been perfect in it. <laughs> it's His perfection that makes it all work. But we're going to make a commitment to the Lord to rest in His mercy and to rest in His grace for ourselves and for our family members, the other roles. Amen? So would you just lift a hand to the Lord as high as you can get it? Some of you are like, man, I need to raise two hands, and that would be okay too. And just repeat after me. 
Lord Jesus, Jesus, forgive me me. for the ways that I have failed in my roles. roles. Thank you that you are faithful and just just. to forgive me of those sins. I commit to you today to do justly, walk humbly, love mercy, and depend upon your abounding grace. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now that I may fulfill your will in my roles in the family. And Lord Jesus, please use my family to be an example to other families. In Jesus' name.